I V M. Hello and welcome to the Habit Coach Podcast. I am Ashtin Doctor, your Habit Coach, and today with me I have Swati Pandey, who's the owner of Magic Leaf Stevia. It's a brand that I use, and I've known her before she started this brand. When she said that we are trying to do something in the stevia space, this was I think three years ago, four years ago, and yeah. I was so excited by this because that was when I was just learning about stevia. and i was exploring it and i was like why are there so many companies doing this right now i want to know more about this kind of a natural sweetener so that's when this whole thought came and right now we're going through multiple no sugar challenges and uh, different people are doing this from on like from my instagram so i thought this would be a fantastic time to understand what is um, you know sugar sugar alternatives and what is the confusion that exists between everything so firstly swati welcome to the habit coach podcast Thank you, thank you, Ashton, for having me. We've been meaning to do this for a really long time. It's just yes, that we've never been in Bombay at the same time to come to the studio, and now yeah. you know Zoom is allowing us to do all these things. It's fantastic. <laughs> True. So, Swati, tell us a little bit quickly about what is it that you do and the company before we dive in straight into the topic. Right. So um, the last five years of our lives has been only about stevia. So we have been, you know, thinking, eating, drinking stevia. Um, that is the only thing that uh, we have been working on. Uh, just one particular product, which is stevia, and we do everything end to end. So uh, if you're aware, stevia actually comes from a plant. Uh, okay. So we do everything from actually cultivating the plant in collaboration with farmers. to then extracting the sweet compounds in the form of a white powder that you get in the market to actually formulating products like magically stevia okay uh, so the initial two years of uh, you know our work uh, really revolved around identifying the right right uh, you know plant variety uh, of mm. stevia um so initially we realized that uh, you know some people were cultivating stevia but it was quite scattered uh, you know mm-hmm. and the variety that they were growing had very low content of this sweet compound mm-hmm. um so we realized that if we had to get into this industry and you know get into the processing bit and the extraction bit the content was going to be very important you know when it comes to uh, the economics of extraction so we really started from scratch and uh, you know worked on the plant variety itself and uh, the plant variety that we have today is about 3 to 5 times you know higher yielding uh, than any other variety being grown in india super um and then But we process it was stevia thing why did you decide on stevia as something to dedicate the rest of your life for right so that's actually a very uh, you know personal reason Uh, mm-hmm. My mother has been a diabetic for the last twenty uh, five okay. years, and okay. uh, I've seen her struggle. She she's been a severe diabetic, and I've seen her struggle. Um, she has been, you know, consuming other sugar free alternatives, and she's, you know, one of those people who just can't quit sweets. You know, yes. uh, mm-hmm. so the best thing for a diabetic would probably be to just quit sugar, right, and carbohydrates as mm-hmm. much as they can. uh but for her i mean uh, it it is a struggle right she she's uh, just not able to uh, you know quit sweets and somehow it makes her feel that you know she's kind of missing out on uh, the celebrations and you know when everybody's sharing or eating something if she can't have it then she kind of feels you know bad mm-hmm. um so i just felt like a product like this could actually you know impact the lives of many people like her uh so that was the motivation and then of course uh, this is a product that's not just limited 
to you know something that diabetics consume this is for everyone right even for for children which is uh, you know something very unique about stevia because oh, really? uh, yeah because most of the uh, alternative sweeteners in the market uh, they are not safe for children uh, and pregnant okay. women and certain people okay. with you know certain medical uh, conditions mm. but stevia is safe for everyone so um, you know if you are a child if you are a pregnant woman if you are on a diet if you are trying to lose mm. weight if you are a diabetic anyone can have it okay. um so i just felt that from an impact perspective you know this this product had a huge potential and not just in india but globally this is an issue that we are seeing globally right now super so when people get off sugar correct they want to say that i want to stop having sugar now but they can't give up the sweet too just like your mom Yeah. What are the kinds of alternative sweeteners that exist in the market? I just want you to take guide us through this. Almost make it a master class. Saying these are these kinds, these are these kinds, these are these kinds, because you know right. there's so much confusion around them. Right. So if you're trying to quit sugar and if you're yeah. trying to quit calories, then your uh, best option is to go for zero calorie uh, alternatives. and there uh, the uh, leading products in the market contain primarily uh, aspartame and sucralose so these are the two uh, you know compounds that are almost present in every uh, you know sugar free uh, product out there but both of these are chemically synthesized um unfortunately there are products uh, available in the market i'm not sure if i can name them but they are actually being marketed as natura and uh, you know a lot of people think that they are natural including myself i mean i used to think and this is that the reason that i recommended uh, you know that to my mother uh, a few years ago uh, thinking that it was natural but actually it's based on sucralose uh, which is uh, again artificially synthesized and uh, you know the industry is uh, now having you know been working in this industry for a few years i'm now seeing that how much manipulation is actually there you know you're making something else and then you're just manipulating the wording and the messaging to actually call it something else and even for people in the industry I mean for us sometimes it takes time to understand what they are exactly doing and how are they calling a product yeah. maltodextrin which is a high gi uh, you know sugar um so uh, yeah so one is artificial sweetener aspartame and sucralose they are both artificial and they have uh, long term side effects Hmm. Uh, and this is now proven so aspartame is uh, so there are some studies that say that aspartame is even carcinogenic okay. and it basically never uh, gets flushed out of your system so it, once okay. you consume it it keeps accumulating in your body and it never leaves it hmm. sucralose on the other hand is again artificial and it uh, impacts your gut bacteria Mm. and now we are realizing how important gut bacteria is i mean it's a vast area of uh, research and we have only started to kind of understand it Correct. uh so there is now increasing scientific evidence i mean there are a lot of uh, scientific research papers if you do your research you'll find it uh, there is a lot of evidence that you know now connects uh, the usage of these products with a lot of side effects in fact there was a study i think in sweden where they were also exploring uh, the impact of these uh, the production of these sweeteners on the environment actually so oh, wow. the, yeah so the uh, discharge you know that uh, comes out of these industries when that gets washed out in the uh, rivers it actually has a negative impact on the flora and fauna there as well mm-hmm. um so that's the artificial sweetener bed then you have uh, what is called sugar alcohols right so you have okay. erythritol you have maltitol 
uh, sorbitol, xylitol, right? Hmm. So these are all uh, all the all, sugars. All yeah, yeah. correct. Anything with a tol so, is one of the sugar alcohols. Sugar alcohol. So they are not sugar, but they are sugar alcohols essentially. Hmm. Some hmm. of these are natural though. So for example, erythritol actually exists in nature. So it exists okay. in a lot of fruits and vegetables and then we extract them. A lot of companies are also actually synthesizing the same compound artificially now. So what you're trying to do is you're trying to mimic something that's already existing in nature through an artificial okay. process. So that also so happens. This is but from sucralose, which doesn't exist anywhere in nature. Exactly. Yes. Both okay. sucralose, so sucralose and aspartame. Doesn't exist anywhere in nature. But no. these... A few of these alcohol sugars exist in nature and we are yes. now trying to mimic what nature has created, correct? Exactly, yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. So sucralose and aspartame are completely man-made. I mean, they, uh, they have been invented by uh, humans. Uh, but polyols, a lot of these sugar alcohols actually exist in nature. Uh, but the thing is that uh, they all have different properties, right? So, for example, erythritol is uh, a slightly milder version of the polyols, which means that okay. you can actually, uh, you know, consume them in, uh, you know, a, a decent quantity uh, without having any negative impact on your health. While okay. other polyols like xylitol and sorbitol, they actually have, they impact your, uh, uh, you know, um, uh, gut health as well. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people actually complain that when they have erythritol or other polyols, they, uh, you know, they feel that they, uh, they get bloating and, you know, other issues, um, which is more, you know, predominant and significant when you consume other polyols as compared to erythritol. So with all these polyols, there is actually a recommended limit, uh, you know, per kg of your body weight. And you can, if you have that, you know, within uh, the suggested limit, then it's fine. Otherwise, it causes bloating and gas and diarrhea in some cases and all those issues. Correct. Correct. Um, having said that, uh, it's also important to understand that some of the sugar alcohols like maltitol, hmm. they are not entirely zero calories. So okay. they do get, uh, you know, uh, metabolized in our body and hmm. lead to some calories. Not the okay. same as sugar, less than sugar, uh, but they do have some calories. Right. Uh, so that's the polyol. Uh, the third interesting thing that I've been seeing is this trend around jaggery and brown sugar and coconut sugar. Mm-hmm. So all these things are also sugar, right? right. So they have calories. Mm-hmm. And if you are a diabetic and if you're really trying to watch calories, then they are mm-hmm. not uh, healthy for you also. Mm-hmm. Um, the logic that people give is that that with uh, you know brown sugar or with jaggery, you're getting a lot of other minerals, irons and everything. Mm. which is true uh, given the quantity of sugar we consume uh, these days, but they also have calories. And also with uh, coconut sugar, also the same, uh, you know, logic people give is that, you know, you get a lot of other, uh, you know, beneficial minerals and stuff, but uh, there is no evidence if that is even significant, you know, to have a positive Mm. impact on your, uh, on your health. Mm. So, yeah. Broadly, uh, okay. that's the uh, that's the landscape right now. And the natural sweeteners, I mean, you have primarily two options. One is stevia and the other one is monk fruit. So uh, the third option uh, for a zero calorie alternative is, mm. uh, you know, the natural sweeteners. And primarily they are, mm. uh, you know, either uh, stevia based 
or monk fruit based right mm. so they are both uh, you know mm. they both come from natural source they are both uh, zero calorie mm. um but mm. the issue has been uh, the taste you know for both mm. of them both monk fruit and stevia mm. uh if you consume the pure compounds you know that are responsible for the sweetness in these two uh, you know products stevia side mm. and the monkro sides they both have uh a lingering you know a slight aftertaste and a lingering and that has been the reason why it has taken so much time for people to kind of accept it uh right otherwise i mean it it makes sense right it's a natural sweetener just like sugar uh and it's zero calories so why wouldn't people consume it right um but it was really around the taste and a lot of people who tried to consume it earlier in the form of the leaf or even the extract they didn't like the taste and hence decided to not uh, you know uh, incorporate it in their lives correct correct um but with you know scientific advancements and improvement in technology it is now possible to actually make great tasting products using you know stevia or monk fruit uh the issue with monk fruit okay. is that that it actually comes from a fruit uh which is uh, primarily uh, you know available and grown in china and they have a gi uh, patent on it which means that you can't really take out the uh, tree out of china and grow it elsewhere on a large scale or oh, really you so can grow it anywhere yeah so they have a, a what is called a gi uh, the geographical patent right uh, geographical oh. ip on it uh, yeah. so you can't freely uh, you know uh, take it out of or import it from china and start growing it elsewhere also it's mm-hmm. a tree so it takes you know longer for it to mature and then give the fruits and everything while stevia yeah. is a small plant you can cultivate it and within 6 months you get your first crop so that way in terms of scalability you know it's it's much easier hmm. so uh, so yeah these are the options apart from this uh, some companies including ourselves we have also incorporated fructose in our product hmm. uh, fructose hmm. is also called levulose uh, fructose like everybody knows it's a natural sugar uh, it's a fruit sugar it's present in a lot of fruits and we consume it almost on a daily basis the good thing with uh, fructose is that it's low gi it has the same number of calories as sugar but it's low gi so it gets metabolized in our body much slowly which means that it doesn't leads to a spike in our blood sugar level uh, if consumed in uh, moderate quantities okay uh, so that way it's is safer you know one one important thing when uh, you know talking about uh, sweeteners and thinking about calories is that that not all calories are the same right which has been i think the cause of most of these misconceptions so we are always just you know calculating um, and watching calories but that's not the right approach because not all calories are the same they are not treated by our body uh, in the same way okay. uh, so the complex carbohydrates actually get metabolized in a very different way than say glucose or sugar mm. so that is what is important to understand here you know the important thing more than for example calories when i look at these sweeteners or any sugar for that matter is the impact that it has on my insulin right so yeah. how do these kinds of sh- sugars artificial sweeteners um, impact insulin there are lots of studies that are going around saying that even if you do eat a little bit the sweetness also in- impacts insulin it might could be the lies in insulin even though there are no calories in it have you read up uh, any of these studies do you know a little bit about yeah. them yeah yeah so there are some studies uh, you know that have been done on uh, aspartame and sucralose uh, that say that 
even if they are zero calories they kind of you know trick your body into thinking that you have consumed sugar and hence they cause uh, an insulin response but to be honest there isn't much scientific evidence to support that there are just a few studies and i don't think they are substantial enough to uh, claim something like that uh, okay. of course if you have any other product like any other sugar uh, that has calories that gets metabolized in your body or that requires insulin to break down that sugar then that will cause uh, an insulin response and that is what is all again unique about stevia that it really has zero glycemic index and zero calories which means that it causes absolutely no insulin because it doesn't get metabolized in our body at all okay so so yeah. what is it about stevia that is uh, different from sugar is it using a different sweetness pathway how is it affecting the tongue like how do we get that sweetness from stevia different from sweetness of sugar um right so chemically it's a different structure altogether it's a different okay. compound um it belongs to a class of compound called glycosides and the glycosides are naturally present in a lot of products it's it's present in fenugreek it's uh you know present in artemisia a lot of medicinal plants a lot of uh, you know uh, food products vegetables that we consume um so this particular glycoside tastes sweet uh but the structure is such that it doesn't gets metabolized it doesn't breaks once it once it's consumed uh you know by a human body so basically so, when we eat it it remains the same till we till we excrete it yes absolutely so it just it just uh, has a chemical reaction on the tongue and that's it as it goes yeah down. so that's what that's what we know as of now hmm. uh okay. there is also some anecdotal evidence that when you consume you know the stevioides or when you consume say the leaf itself directly it has a lot of other uh, you know medicinal properties as well so it helps reduce your blood pressure it also has you know immunomodulating properties it helps build your immunity um and uh, there is some evidence that it also actually helps reduce uh, you know your blood sugar level not just keep it at the same level okay. being the sweetener but also reduces it and a lot of uh, people actually feel that way a lot of consumers feel that way that you know ever since i've started consuming it i've started noticing this but we don't have enough clinical data to actually consume that and we don't yet understand how exactly that's working because it's not getting metabolized in the body but then why is it still having that impact uh so this is something that we have been working on and we have actually been talking to aims to uh, actually get proper clinical studies done and collect all that data that we can then share with our consumers okay. but because of covid obviously that's uh, a higher priority right now so that got delayed a bit correct absolutely understood yeah. so now let's let's jump into stevia so when people say what is stevia how would you go about telling somebody who's never heard of what stevia is about stevia like what is the origins why are we using it should we be using it should we not be using it how would you go about that so stevia is actually the name of a plant right and the leaves of this plant are extremely sweet in taste uh and they have no calories um now the source of the sweetness in these leaves is a class of compound called stevial glycosides Hmm. and uh, it's actually a mixture of different kinds of glycosides that kind of give a different taste and different properties to uh, to the leaf and that is the reason that if you consume leaf coming from different sources you know grown in different regions it will taste different because it's just like any other natural product like tea 
uh, or coffee, mm-hmm. right? Depending on where it was grown, how it was grown, when it was harvested, all those things, you know, have an impact. Which is why uh, different products taste so different when you look at stevia. Exactly, exactly. Because it's not just one single compound like sucrose. It's actually a mm. collection of about 38 to 40 different glycosides in yeah. the mix. And they all have a different, uh, you know, property and a different taste. Yeah. So uh, what the composition of this mix that how much of it is steviocide, how much of it is rebodiocide, how much of it is other glycosides will decide the taste. And that is the reason that depending on what technology have you used to actually mm. extract these compounds mm. from the leaf, as well as how you have kind of blended this with other bulking mm-hmm. agents. Uh, they all have an impact. And that's why, you know, products from different brands can have like huge difference uh, when it comes to taste and other properties. Correct. So now I have a leaf. How does it become this powder that I put into my tea? Right. So this is a process that, uh, again, we have developed indigenously. It's a proprietary process uh, that we have developed. Uh, most of the extract, in fact, 95% of the extract that you get in the market today globally is coming from China and it has been extracted using the exact same technology, which is resin based. And it's actually quite polluting. It's a very long 19 step process and they, you know, uh, do a lot of, uh, you know, processing uh, at every step and use a lot of chemicals to actually get to that white shiny powder level. Mm-hmm. Um, so when we got into this business, we felt that, I mean, what is the point of doing this, right? When you're taking something as natural as stevia, and then you, if you have to process it so much, then that kind of, you know, beats the whole purpose of it being natural. So Correct. we went back to Correct. the drawing board again, and uh, we said that, okay, let's see if there's a better way of doing it. So we developed a new technology, uh, which is completely water-based. So what we do is we take this leaf, we seep it in water. Uh, mm-hmm. So what water does is it takes out all the sweet compounds present in the leaf al- along with the pigments and other things present in the leaf. And then we purify it using an electro uh, chemical method to remove the pigments and make it colorless. And okay. then we basically crystallize uh, the, the compounds from this mixture. So that's, that's how we do it. So you remove the pigmentation that takes place. Yeah. Um, and then after that, so there is water that you get which is probably very, very sweet, correct? Yeah. Which has yeah. the compounds yeah. in it. I'm, I'm, I'm not technical, so I don't know how to... How yeah, yeah. so it's like if you so put like any plant, right? Or tulsi. That'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. Sure, you can sure. tell me this is proprietary. I can't tell you. I'll have to kill you after this. No problem. <laughs> right, okay. right, right. Sure, sure. So, so you have this water. Yeah. So Swati, like I'm not a you know chemical student, so I have no idea how this works. But like what I understand is there is water. Right? This water has to then turn into this powder. How does that process happen? You know, normally when people say it's processed, chemicals, and that's the main reason why people stay away from sweeteners. So how does it work in this? And and if there is something very proprietary that you cannot tell me and that you'll have to kill me after that, please don't tell me about it. But like, how does it work for people? Sure. So essentially what we do is we take the leaf um, and you could actually do this at home as well. You can take the dry leaf or the wet leaf directly from the plant and put it in hot water for some time. So all the glycosides present in the the leaf that are actually sweet, they are uh, soluble in water. So they all get transferred from the leaf to the water. So now when you filter it out, you will now get a very dark green colored liquid. So it has all the glycosides, but it also has the chlorophyll and the other compounds present in the leaf. 
find a way to now remove all those because the final product that we have in the form of powder it's up to 97 or 99 percent glycosides that's it and there's nothing else in it mm-hmm. so the idea is to basically in this process remove everything else but glycosides so the way we do it is um, mm-hmm. you know most of the companies actually use a lot of chemicals to uh, you know coagulate uh, the impurities and the uh, chlorophyll and the pigments we don't use any of those chemicals we use a simple electrochemical method Uh, so what this method does is it actually removes all the color and the pigments and everything. And now what you have is a very light yellow colored liquid. And then we get the sweet compound. We concentrate this, and then we get the sweet compounds crystallized out of this mixture. Okay. That's essentially okay. what we do. So by evaporating the water, it crystallizes in in a, in a sense. It crystallizes, and then to purify it further, like I said, to get it to ninety-seven and ninety-nine percent level, we have to recrystallize it a couple of times. Okay. Yeah. All right. Interesting. Okay. And then, uh, so now I have this powder. Now I have this powder. What happens to it then? Is this right. ready for consumption? No. So this is a very high-intensity uh, sweetener, right? So it's about two hundred to three hundred times sweeter than sugar. which means okay. that i mean you could consume it directly as well but if you wanted to consume it imagine uh, you know having to measure 20 mg of this powder precisely to put into your coffee every day correct yeah and you know and this is a very relevant question and i'm glad you asked this because a lot of people uh, actually think that you know stevia companies are cheating them because they are you know mixing a lot of other bulking agents and it's not pure stevia uh, there's actually a reason why we have to do it right because otherwise it becomes impossible for a normal consumer to use it uh, you would otherwise have to keep like a high precision measuring uh, scale in your kitchen and measure like 20 mg every single time you make something uh, or do those calculations like how much you need and then measure it and also the the error that gets induced you know during the measurement has a huge impact on the taste so if instead of 20 mg if you happen to measure say 30 mg it would have a huge impact on the taste and now your product will be like too sweet and you would not like it so to make it easier for people to consume we have to you know bulk it up with something uh, that's again healthy and uh, that's also one thing where you know brands differ uh, significantly so what is it that has been used to bulk up uh, the stevia powder so uh, we actually as a company we uh, you know uh, stand by uh, being natural in everything so uh, even the bulking agents that we use in our product are natural and we took a call to actually use fructose and a lot of people uh, you know asked that why fructose because it's also a sugar but we decided uh, to use it Correct. because i asked this question a long time ago as well to you yes yes so we decided to use it because uh, you know the the dosage that you have you only get like you only take like 1 gram or 2 gram per serving and out of that like 0.8% is fructose and even if that's uh, that has calories it's low gi and it really really has no impact on uh, your blood sugar level so that is the reason we decided to go for fructose because it's natural and it's low gi and it's healthy mm. and then we uh, you know mix a lot of other fibers that are again good for your gut health uh, we also use erythritol again we decided to use a mixture of erythritol and fructose because we wanted to keep erythritol to the minimum so that you know even if people happen to consume uh, you know uh, have like a couple of servings or like four five servings in a day it shouldn't have uh, any negative impact uh, 
Uh, but a lot of companies, and this is so strange, and this is where I was talking about the manipulation that's there in the in the food industry. A lot of people, and this is actually standard. A lot of companies in the stevia space, not just in India but globally, very well known brands, uh, using you know maltodextrin as a bulking agent, and it's a high GI sugar. It has a GI uh, glycemic index of hundred, which is even higher than sugar. So it's the same as glucose. So if you consume a lot of it, it's definitely not safe for a diabetic. So but they uh, give the argument that you know you're consuming just one gram per serving, uh, but if you happen to uh, say have like four cups of coffee and you use like eight grams there, then it can have an impact on your blood sugar level. So a lot of you know uh, you know manipulation is happening there. Maltodextrin is one. Then people use dextrose as well, which is just another name of glucose. So people use dextrose. They uh, basically mix stevia and dextrose, which I don't know why they do it. It, it really makes no sense. Um, and they use isomalt uh, and a lot of other, you know, artificial uh, sweeteners to improve the taste as well as give it the bulk. And they are also very cheap. So uh, that's also important. So according to, to you, when you pick up a stevia packet and you look at the ingredients, what are the ones that you should definitely look out for and say, oh, I'm not going to consume it because it has these three, four, five things in it. Right. So you definitely should look at the list of ingredients, right? Mm. And uh, apart from stevial glycosides, most of the brands actually should, uh, you know, disclose what they're using. Um, so if you see something like maltodextrin, dextrose, um, you know, isomalt mentioned there, then I would, wouldn't recommend using it. Uh, but, you know, I, I don't blame the consumers as well because these really are, uh, you know, products that are not very mainstream. And even for somebody in the industry, I mean, uh, even I took some time to actually get used to these terms, right, and understand what they mean and what they do to your body. So I would really recommend uh, read up a little bit and get yourself familiar with all these, uh, you know, terms if you have the time. Um but yeah, do definitely do read the label. If you see dextrose there, then definitely a no-no. I mean, it makes no sense to have dextrose with stevia. Correct. Absolutely. Okay, fantastic. So, Adi, is there anything else that you want to talk about stevia per se right now? Because the next podcast that we're going to do together is about your journey and how you started this company. Because I'm sure the listeners can already see the passion in you for this. So, I want them to experience that as well and know what all you'll have to go through to do this. Because I've been... Right part of this journey i've been hearing about it for a while and that's why something i wanted to to definitely share with everyone it's inspiring for sure, sure. yeah so one last thing on stevia and we actually mm. see this uh, and we hear this a lot from our consumers right um that people mm. take it consume it and then they uh, say that you know it doesn't taste like sugar i can tell that you know it's sweet but it's different than sugar so you need to understand that it is different uh, from sugar because it is not sugar, right? So it's just like, yes. you know, your honey or coconut sugar or, you know, maple syrup. They all have a different flavor, a different kind of sweetness. And that's what stevia has as well. I mean, it's a different flavor. It's a different kind of sweetness and it might take some time to get used to. So don't expect it to taste exactly like sugar. As a company, I mean, we are trying our best to actually develop products that can mimic sugar, not just in terms of taste, but also properties so that you can use it in, you know, cooking and baking and everything. Uh, but please do give that benefit of doubt to, to Stevia because it is, it is not sugar. So it, it won't, it's, it's not fair to actually, 
you know uh, expected to behave exactly like sugar absolutely and you know i keep telling people nothing will taste as good as sugar okay and that yeah. is just an unfortunate reality whenever you go down this whole path of i'm giving up sugar i'm quitting sugar etc nothing is ever going to taste as good as sugar so you need to get yeah. over that fact and say all right now how do i train my taste buds for something else and that's what this exactly. whole process is about so you know exactly. when we start off with moving from sugar to something else it's a process and it's a journey and i keep telling people that you know when when you give up sugar cold turkey you start missing that sweet element so definitely start at this point of time using sweeteners to understand this later on if you want to become cleaner and not use anything for sure be that but at least when you're making a choice start making a better 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 choice as you're growing along and that's what yeah. happened to me i remember when i did my first no sugar challenge i was using every sweetener brand out there because i had never heard about this whole thing about gut bacteria having a problem or anything about it being carcinogenic so i was dabake having it <laughs> then i said oh maybe there's a better way of doing it and i remember buying stevia leaves for the first time and using it and i was like oh my god this right. tastes horrible how is anybody ever using it <laughs> correct and then you're like yeah. all right and then we finally got stevia powder and you said okay let me see if i can start making this work you start off with a very little and guys start off yeah. with a very little amount don't do too much because it will end up tasting too bitter and might overpower you so start small yeah. and then start increasing even when you start on a you know consuming stevia it's not yeah. the same and amount as sugar yeah and one tip on usage uh, i would give is that try using it in uh, things like say milkshakes or your halwa or uh, kheer and sevaiya and all those things because the thing is that we when we uh, you know come across a sweetener the first thing we do is we put it in our tea and coffee now the thing is that that tea Correct. and coffee is something that we consume every single day and everybody is just so used to a particular taste that even a slight change you know is palatable and you can feel that oh it's not this the same coffee anymore right it's not the same thing i'm i'm used to drinking every day so yeah. that change seems significant right yeah. so i think yeah. a good way to start with is uh, you know try it in your smoothies and shakes and everything it goes extremely well there you will literally not feel like you know it's stevia you will feel like it, it is actually sugar and then move okay. to uh, you know your uh, tea and coffee lovely so then start with something that is unfamiliar then move slowly slowly to the familiar allow your taste buds to change along the way yeah yeah correct super um swati how can people get in touch with you how should people order from you what should they do if they right. so um, yeah so uh, we have launched our b2c product called magically stevia uh, in december last year mm-hmm. and uh, we are selling on amazon we are on flipkart we are also selling on our own website called uh, magicallystevia.com Mm-hmm. um if you want to reach out to me if you have any other questions please feel free uh, to write to me you can contact me on linkedin i'm quite active there uh, you can also contact me on social media uh, instagram or you can write to me on email which is swati@arborealstevia.com okay and what's your instagram handle that's swati_arboreal I-, i know that's very boring but <laughs> okay easy to find all right superb awesome perfect thank you swati for joining us this was a fantastic podcast it was like a master class in understanding stevia and sweeteners i'm sure people have taken away a lot of learnings from this thank you great thank you so much and i hope it was helpful my pleasure
If you'd like to buy a product from Magic Leaf, when checking out from their website, don't forget to use the promo code the habit coach to avail of a further discount on that. If you like this podcast, don't forget to check out other interesting podcasts on the IVM network. You can listen to us on the IVM podcast app or ivmpodcast.com. You can also follow us on social media. We are at IVM podcasts on Twitter and Instagram. If you want to reach out to me, I am Ashtin Doc on Twitter and Instagram. You can find lots more information on my website, awesome180.com or check out different content on my YouTube channel called A-W-E-S-O-M-E-1-8-0. That's Awesome 180.